this is Let's Be Honest with Mike Paramore. I am, in fact, Mike Paramore. This is Wisdom for Thoughts with Jordan Conley right now. And the thoughts and the wisdom I have for you today is the choice to be happy. How are you going to choose to be happy if you have yourself not been happy about the choices you have been making? See, I'm happy because I chose scissors. Why does choosing scissors make me happy? Because scissors always beats paper. You are never going to be happy if you have not already started shopping for Christmas. Santa's coming and he's going to check your fridge for ice cream. And that's what it means to be happy. The choice to be happy is a matter of whether or not I'm wearing a red shirt with purple socks. And you know why that's crazy? And you know why I'm happy? Because my TV is 65 inches. You know why that means anything? Neither do I. But I've made the choice to be happy. Now, let's be honest with Mike Paramore. People, what's going on? We got it again. Another episode of Let's Be Honest. This week, we're going to be talking about the decision to be happy. We brought in a motivational speaker, a comedian, an author, a movie producer, a friend of mine. I want to introduce y'all to my guest this week is Javier Sanchez. Hey, what's up, bro? My dude. What's up, man? Yo, why did your music want me? To, I heard that, that sexy ass music on. I'm over here like I should be like this. Like with a with, with a pajama top on, stroking my chest hair. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, Javi, man, tell the people about yourself real quick, man. We're going to jump into this topic. I just want people to know that you are a scientist out here <laughs> and you know what you're talking about. A scientist? I don't know about that. I, 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 the thing that I have in common with being a scientist is I love to learn. I love, And I know I don't have everything figured out. Uh, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm on that journey uh, of learning and discovery. And, and you know, like you said, uh, you know, I do a little bit of, uh, of everything. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would consider myself a motivational speaker. Um, I get invited to speak a lot because of the work I do and the things I'm involved in. I love doing comedy. Uh, I tell people, you know, between film and writing and and the work I do with young people, comedy is by far the hardest thing I do. Not because it's not the best, not not the, because it uh, you know I'm not that good at it. You know I like to think I'm funny, but you know you know you're on that stage. Like literally, you're being judged every eight to twelve seconds. They hate yeah, you. Uh, they love you one second, and then ten seconds later. They're looking at you like you're crazy. Well, you, you're definitely a motivational speaker. There, people are not asking you to speak because you're sexy. I mean, you're you're an attractive <laughs> man, but you're not come let me pay you to speak. Right, right. Like you, you, <laughs> you, you are right. Um, we uh, and so just so you know what we're doing, we got we got we we streaming live right now. So people are chiming in, they asking questions, and um, so before I'm gonna hit you with this question, man. Before and and I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go on it because I know you about to light them up with this. So uh, <laughs> Billy Billy asked, uh, what do you mean by happy? Like happy in yourself? Like so, what what are we talking about today? We talking about the decision to be happy. Um, I'm gonna let Javi run with this for a hot second, but I just want to let you know that this, when I when I say happy, I mean the contentment in your own life, the the ability to put a smile on your own face. When you when right, you right. when we're talking about happy, we're talking about uh, your your mental health. That that's yeah. simply it. If you you can be happy if you're if you're ill in your body, but nobody can bring you down because your your brain is your playground. You you just happy. So yeah. so what 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 is that? What does happy mean to you, Javi? To me, happiness is like you said. It's either a state of mind or a state of circumstance, and that's a choice. You can decide to be have a happy or peaceful state of mind, um, but so often, so many people default to happiness depending on the circumstances or what is happening. You feel me? Yeah. So um, 
For example, I'm going to throw this at you too real quick. For example, Heather just wrote in, it's a little bit difficult for me to be happy because I was recently diagnosed with MS. Uh So to me, happiness doesn't mean everything's perfect, you know, and that's, that's the problem. Like, like, uh, um, even in our constitution, I think it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like, and to me, uh, I think we get so caught up in this pursuit of happiness and always trying to fight and work to be happy or to have everything go good all the time. Life is not perfect, but how we respond to life uh, can be. And so for me, happiness is thankfulness. Happiness and thankfulness go hand in hand. My life is far from perfect. Um but I want you to speak on that real quick. You just dropped a little nugget. I always I'll call them nuggets. You dropped a little nugget there and glossed over it. That was one of them pull out a pencil and paper nuggets. I need you to go re- re- happiness is about your response to life, not what happens to you. For, right, for like right. not all good things are going to happen to you, but your mindset and how you handle those things is what dictates your happiness. Like I, I put just a little, just a little personal note. I recently just got into a car accident. Uh, My car got messed up. Engine was knocking. The insurance company said they wasn't going to pay for that. They said it wasn't where she hit me. Couldn't have caused my engine problems. I'm like, whatever. And then I ended up having to get a new car. So now I have a new car that I can't pay for. I can't pay for it. It's nothing. I don't know why I got this car. It's orange. I don't, it's, it's no reason for me to have this car. This is, it's stupid. But, I can I have a choice. I can stunt in my new car or I can worry about the payments. Right, right, I, right. I am choosing happiness at any given moment. People at every given moment, you have a list of things to be upset about and a list of things to be happy about. Your world is decided by which list you're paying attention to and which list you want to live in. Same thing with confidence. If it's, it's a bunch of people that think you ugly. It's a bunch of people that think you ugly. <laughs> and it's a bunch of people that think you're the sexiest person ever. I'm the same way. I got people, I got people chiming in all the time. Mike, what's wrong with your nose? Why is your beard like that? Why I don't feel why is your eyes closed when you smile? It's super weird that your eyes disappear every time. And like so, <laughs> and then you got people that love it. Like, oh my God, it's cute when your eyes disappear when you smile. So I choose. Which one I want to pay attention to. I choose which world I want to live in. Right, right, right. I feel the same way. I look at I like I look in the mirror, I'm like, I like what I see. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, I got these teeth, believe it or not, these teeth. Uh I had braces at one point in time in my life, but didn't do the follow-up and the follow-up. Why do you look so surprised? <laughs> You look like you thousands of dollars on braces, but don't get the follow up. That don't right, make sense. Right. Now my teeth look like I like I got too many white people trying to cram into an elevator at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> They're all fighting. Like, hey, what's going on out there? Hey, <laughs> now nah, you said something a couple seconds ago that's real dope. Talking about the list. Um, there's actually neuroscience to back up what you're saying, bro. Um, where your brain fires, it hardwires. So you can literally train your brain or program your mind to find what it's looking for. Your brain finds what it's looking for. So you can train your brain to look for things to complain about and be miserable about all the time. Or you can train your brain to find things to be thankful for, uh, which, again, brings that happiness or that peaceful um, or, 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 you know, that peaceful feeling. I'll give you a great example. Um like I, you know, we're touring on the road. I'm, you know, uh, we're on the road nonstop performing in different places. And there was a window of time about, uh, you know, uh, about five years ago when I got real, um, wicked with, I was that dude that at the rental car spot, at the restaurant, at the hotel, at the airport, uh, on, on the airplane, I'm looking for something to be wrong so that I can write a real nasty letter to corporate and get some free from some free stuff, you know what I'm saying? A free night in a hotel, free flight, whatever. Uh, I got real good at that. But what I found was like, I was training my brain to always find the negative. And you're, you're literally programming your mind to do that. Like you're, you're, you're rewiring your brain, the circuitry in your brain. And I was programming my brain to always find the negative. 
and it and, and you know because I would go into all these uh, customer service experiences looking for a fight. You know what I'm saying? And I would like find you, what like I was when you want it, like when you go to Canes and you want extra sauce, but they I don't give you extra sauce. Wrong. I want these experiences to go wrong so I can write that letter and get some free stuff. And I really, I really figured out that it was, I, I didn't realize how toxic it was for me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to always be in that mindset and that mode, looking for something to be wrong. You find what you're looking for. And it was, I realized, you know, uh, you know, through, through help from my therapy and stuff that, you know, it was really bringing me down, you know, and it was, and it was affecting my personal life. It was affecting my comedy life. I remember I, I went to, I, I did a show one of my homeboys brought his girlfriend. I wasn't married at the time, brought his girlfriend and she brought a friend and we were all four supposed to hang out afterwards. Right. I do the show. I kill it. Then after the show, I'm hanging out. We're at the restaurant and and, um, you know, I, and I'm looking for a fight. So, I, you know, I, I'm 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 you know, I'm I got this. I'm not laughing. I'm not smiling. And and her girl ended up leaving kind of early. She dipped out after <laughs> minutes or so and then um and i thought you she had was, a blind date walk out on you right right i thought she was she cute was, that big true story bro. Right. i, I called my home here's how hard that is girls have a code of not leaving their friends you right, let right. the girl break the code <laughs> she broke the girl code all that so check it true story <laughs> i talked to my homeboy the next day I'm like, hey, what was up with old girl? It was like she wasn't vibing or whatever. Um, and I was, you know, I was, I thought, I thought, you know, she was cute and all that. He said, bro, this is what she said to um, his girlfriend. She said, um, uh, uh, he's he's handsome, but he's not attractive. I was like, Dang. what? I was like, what Dang. is that? That's Doctor Phil stuff. But that those are subtle differences that mean a lot, though. Man, yo, I never heard like I've been in roast battles, all kind of crazy stuff so all my goes life. Into, that ties into a question I got that I want you to touch on too, man. Like um people don't people kind of lump all these words together and don't really um um isolate the little idiosyncrasies that make them different. So it, it, do me a favor, go into how what you feel the difference is between joy and happiness. So um, I think it goes back to what I said. She said I was handsome and not attractive. Like I wasn't attractive because I wasn't giving off joy. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's what made me unattractive is that I wasn't giving off joy. Mm -hmm. um, like I wasn't uh, enjoying myself because I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the restaurant. I'm looking for something to be wrong. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so happiness is based on what, is happening. If I'm with this person, I'm happy. If I'm at this place, I'm happy. If I'm wearing these clothes, I'm happy. If I'm eating this food, I'm happy. If I'm doing this thing, watching this whatever uh, movie, I'm happy. Happiness is based on what's happening. Joy, uh, to me, that word joy means, you know, despite the circumstances I have, I'm finding a way to find peace. And um, here's what, here's what, here's, here's a little nugget, people. Paper, paper, pen and paper nugget. Joy is a state in which you live. Mm -hmm. Happiness is a decision you make. Happiness is momentary. You have to, you have to, you're going to make the decision to be happy several times throughout your day. Mm -hmm. If you have joy, that decision is easy throughout your day because joy is a state of being. Like I'm, I live in joy. I'm joyful. I have a reason to be happy constantly. And that takes you from happy to joy like and like, again joy doesn't mean that everything is perfect and it doesn't mean that even when stuff goes wrong you don't go you you go oh well that's okay i have joy no you're allowed to feel sad you're allowed to feel angry you're allowed to feel all those feelings um it's how you respond to those feelings that matters most it doesn't make you abnormal to feel angry or sad or or frustrated. That makes you that actually makes you super normal. You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. you're a human being by feeling uh, the whole spectrum of feelings. But I feel like now, especially in social media, 
with social media and everything, everybody's on there, you know, taking the perfect pictures with the perfect filters. And you think everybody has a perfect life except for you. Nah, it's not yeah. true. And I, I got caught up in that too. Like, you know, comparing myself to others. Comparison is the key to misery. You want to live a miserable life? Compare your life to other people's lives. <laughs> that's all. If we're real honest, that's what we're doing on social media is comparing our life. And especially you and me as entertainers, when we post some stuff, we want to see how many likes it gets, how many laugh, laugh emojis it gets, how many retweets or reposts it gets, how many followers this comic got versus me. You know what I'm saying? We, we want, we, we track all that stuff in it. Absolutely. And I, and here's what, here's why I don't, here's why I say happiness is a decision. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things that you're going to have to uh, uh, tackle all day every day and it's one of those constant uh one of those constant things because we tend to gloss over the good stuff because we think the good stuff is normal that's how life is supposed to go and so we gloss over the good stuff and we don't pay attention to uh uh anything unless it's negative like it's almost like we approach life as some sort of you know, CEO of a company, like if everything's running smooth, no news is good news. If everything's running smooth, we good. But as soon as that negative thing come in, I, now I got to pay attention. Now I perk up. No, you have to let everything perk you up. You have to let, you have to let, you have to look inside yourself and enjoy. Every time I get to where I'm going and I don't get a flat tire, I'm happy. Thank God. I, every, every time I, every time I, you know, every time I go to, you know, a, a, a restaurant, and they don't burn my potatoes, then I'm happy. I'm like, thank you, because y'all always burn my potatoes, and it gets on my nerves, but I don't want to fly off the handle over potatoes, so I let it go. But the right. point I'm trying to make is you have to acknowledge the happiness in your life. You have to acknowledge the good stuff. It's not, Don't gloss over it. Right. Don't gloss over it. You just said it, and that's literally like, uh, you know, when, as I was doing all that stuff, looking for stuff to be wrong and all those kinds of like how I had to detox from that because mm -hmm. it's very infectious. It wasn't just affecting me. It was infecting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The work I had to do to detox uh, was uh, number one. Uh, and this was just for me personally, like my therapeutic process. Number one, anytime I was in customer service uh, situations and they emailed me a survey asking for my feedback, I had to give positive feedback. Like if I normally we just delete those emails. Like if, if there was an opportunity to, to give positive feedback, I had to do that because I had to reprogram my brain uh, to go from looking for everything to be wrong to looking for everything that was right. And then the other Sound thing like I you real frivolous with your email, man. Yo, you I had to do it. The you. other thing that I did was every day I started making a gratitude list. I, when I woke up in the morning, before I get my day started, I write down like three, four or five things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful they didn't burn my potatoes. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thankful I got, you know, dental flaws, uh, you know, whatever. I'm thankful for my babies. I'm thankful, you know, miserable people focus on what they don't have. Happy yeah. people, joyful people focus on and are thankful for what and they those, do. And both of those things are apparent at all times. So you have to be careful not to let yourself slip into that. Um, and this is this correlates directly into what we were talking about. Um, uh, Heather uh, Heather writes in, she said, my nine-year-old is, is very negative, always saying she can't. I tell her that she can and if she tells herself that she can't, it will keep her from having fun. Any suggestions? I, I it, it goes hand in hand because for her, a lot of things are big to a child that's not big for us. So we gloss over it. You have to celebrate that little girl in every one of her minute uh, uh, accomplishments. At it, some point, yeah. At some point in the life of a child, we stop being impressed with them. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We were impressed when they took their first steps and said their first words, and you know, and and you know, did whatever. But at some point, we stopped being impressed with them. Now, um, now I'm not for the everybody gets a trophy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, well, that's not impressed. That's that's yeah. effort. You 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 got to put in some effort. I'm I'm not going. If you compare yourself to another kid in some type of competition, listen, somebody was first and Somebody's somebody was second. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have my, a negative child, if you yeah. have a negative child, you that child, you just have to celebrate 
that child and let her get used to being celebrated. Not in, not in, not in a, uh, in a, in, um, in, in ridiculous platitudes or, or in ways that don't really matter, but actually, you know, um, if she was nice to somebody, if she's polite, you told her to, you've taught her to be polite and she was polite. Be like, baby, I'm so, I'm so happy that you're such a polite. And then once, once those, cause that child doesn't even notice that she's dope. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't notice that she's a, a good child. Um, so if you celebrate her, she will get used to seeing herself like you see her. And that may, and that'll, uh, carry into, um, that'll carry into adulthood. But another thing you have to keep in mind is you said, uh, daughter, this is a nine-year-old girl and, um, they're the devil period. Uh, there's, <laughs> it's nothing like there's only so far <laughs> that on <laughs> that little girl. Come on, man. Little girls. That's no, that's, girl. no little girl. How would you, how does your little girl? She's 16 now, but she was 16, nine time. 16? Yes. you have a 16 year old girl and you, ain't, and you ain't jumped off nothing. One time you ain't jumped off nothing. Hey, I'm a good dad. I got to tell you, I, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't. I, I up a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I got her right. Uh, I don't want no girls. I wrote a book for my daughter. You know, I don't what I'm want saying? no girls. And like uh, Heather, Heather, you know, selfish plug, but you need to get my my book that I wrote for for girls. For um, it, it's called Look in My Mirror. You remember the book, Mike? You've seen it. Look in my mirror. Every page is a father and a daughter looking in the mirror, and the daughter telling or the father telling the daughter what he sees in her reflection, how intelligent, talented, beautiful. And that's what we and so yeah, the book, whatever. Like that process of standing in the mirror and reminding my daughter about everything that's right with her, because the world will, especially girls, will remind them everything about everything that's wrong with them, you know, through media and advertisements girls uh, and boys, but primarily girls get exposed to images of perfection that they can't, they can't compete with and they can't compare to it. So it brings them down. And so, you know, that book, Look in My Mirror, literally came from the exercise that me and my daughter had to do together from the time she was two, three, four, uh, five years old, because I knew what she was, what, what she was going to be up against. Mm -hmm. I knew the world that she to be up against and God, i wanted her a better to be man than me man you're a better man i could not i don't think i'm i can't raise a girl man that's too much yeah. that's, that's too much i can't yeah girls girls see i can deal with a boy because boys are just physical they destroy stuff you know what i mean you can replace stuff uh little girls destroy you from wow. <laughs> from the inside <laughs> out like like <laughs> that's too much man that's too much we got uh but yeah, man. So here, here's what I want to touch on too, man. Um, I feel like a lot of being happy or where you get your happiness from, where your source of happiness is, that's why it's very important not to have your source of happiness be outside of yourself mm-hmm. because you can be dependent on that source of happiness. Yeah. And when you're dependent on a source of happiness outside of yourself, that thing, person, whatever, has control of you now. You are no longer yours. You are whatever. You belong to whatever that source of happiness is. Mm-hmm. And I are think you we... Buddhist, bro? I mean, I know I, you look like... I, know, I, I, say, I know you look like Black Buddha, but are you Buddhist? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not Buddhist. I'm just, I'm you, just, talk I'm is, just you know what I'm saying? Buddhist philosophy. I, just, I paid attention in psychology. I you and, right. I, and I don't make up my bed. Right. But I um I, I'm a psychology major. The way the brain works fascinates me, man. And and I feel like happiness and where people get happiness from is a huge focus of relationship. Like, let's be honest, is a show that is going to be real with you about you. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people don't even know themselves. So we're going to be real with you about you. If you ugly, we're going to call you ugly and then tell you that it doesn't matter that you're ugly because millions of people think you're sexy. It's just, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be... Because to me, honesty works because it's 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 the best foundation. You know what I'm saying? It, and the world is so big that there are no absolutes. So no matter what you think about something, 
there are millions of people who think the opposite. So you get to decide which world you want to live in. I can be, I can be ugly, but I'm just only gonna hang out with people who think I'm sexy. Like <laughs> that's my choice. So if I only hang out with people who think I'm sexy, then I'm sexy, right? Like, <laughs> like I feel like I feel like it's I feel like it's one of those things. So tell me, so tell me, talk real quick about that, man. About about the risk of dependency when it comes to finding happiness from another source than yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you said it, man. Um, uh, me and me and my wife, we uh, we make we do things to make each other happy. Um, but ultimately, like uh, she says something real dope um, that that I latched on to um, at, at the beginning of our relationship. Uh, she said, "I'm attracted to you because uh, we, we we don't complete each other; we complement each other." You know what I'm saying? And uh, and she said, "I feel like you've got your stuff together. You're doing your thing. You you know you're complete by yourself." And, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like I'm a bonus to your life. Um, like that line in Jerry Maguire where, where, where he says to her, you know, you complete me and girls hearts like, oh, that's so sick. I wish a dude would say that. Like to me, I'm like, she said, that's a turnoff. I don't want to complete you because that means you're incomplete with, you know, and we, you know, we balance each other out, yin and yang. Um, but, but um, you know, I, I'm attracted to you because you are complete on your own. And, and I'm, and she said, and I guarantee you, I'm complete on my own. Um, you know, having you in my life is just a, is, is a bonus. And I, and I never thought of it like that. And I was like, yeah, that's really dope because when people need someone, I don't want her to need me. I want her to want me. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. need her. I want to want her. I enjoy wanting her. That's way easier than needing her to me. You know what I'm saying? got to unpack this loneliness breeds negativity and sometimes people think the only way to get anyone to care is to be weak Mm. um well what you're gonna it sounds like what you're gonna attract is uh someone who uh needs to be needed um if I'm unpacking like that, well, that I mean that that's a loneliness breeds negativity. Um, I would disagree. Only loneliness only breeds negativity if you need other people to be happy, and if you need other people to be happy, then you're 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 going head first into a codependent relationship, which is not going, which is not going to last. Um, you have to be able to be happy in who you are. And I said this last week, that's the quickest way. That's the quickest way to, or not the quickest, but the, the easiest way to find a relationship is to be happy single. Mm-hmm. If you have a full life, if you are a full person, that's going to attract people to you because that means that that person doesn't need me. So if I, so if they choose me, it's because they want me. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to to come and pick up your pieces and blah, blah 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 blah. You have to. We have to. We have to get on our own horses and pick up our own pieces and then present ourselves whole to someone else. And when then that person, yourself, yeah. When you yeah, love yeah. yourself and you love on yourself, like take care, take care of yourself. Uh, you know, enjoy yourself. When you enjoy yourself, um, you are demonstrating to other people why they or why they should enjoy you or could enjoy you as well you know and that's and and i don't want to give platitudes i want to give i'm going to give examples i want i need you to this is what you do you need hobbies you need to find out what you're good at experiment with life try things you don't normally try if you if i ask you if i ask you what's when is the last time you were uncomfortable? When was the last time you tried something new? When was the last time you were afraid? When was the last time you, you, you know, on pins and needles, not, not knowing what's about to happen. If you can't tell me that that's a part of your weekly life, then you are not tapping into the full potential of who you are. There's more inside of you 
that you don't know about. Most people don't know themselves, Javier. I don't know if you know. Most people have zero idea who they are. They've they they know what life, what corner, what corner life has painted them in. Right, right, right. They they they've known what they've had to do to get by, but they have no idea what they're capable of because you know they're they're stuck in their comfort zone. So right, right. if you feel like loneliness breeds negativity you should probably be alone with yourself more and then get to know yourself because you're probably dope like 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 you're probably like people are not horrible they're just uninformed they don't know that they dope you know what i'm saying and if you uh and if you have that dependency on someone else you will always be what someone else makes you you will always be what someone else makes you. You will never be what you can really be. What you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember before I was married, um, I or, or yeah, before I was even dating my wife, um, there was a my first um, my first Thanksgiving as a single man because um, I'm 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 divorced. I'm remarried. So my first Thanksgiving as a single man. Uh, I was going to be, uh, we were celebrating Thanksgiving with my kids on the Saturday and, and my ex, they were with their mom on, on actual Thanksgiving day. And so I didn't make any plans for Thanksgiving day. Uh, I said, you know, it's cool. I'll just chill at home, uh, by myself, uh, cause Saturday we're going to do Thanksgiving with my family and all that. And so I sat at home alone and then, you know, get, you Started going through Facebook, started going through Instagram, started seeing what everybody else was doing, started seeing what everybody else was eating, started feeling some kind of way, you know what I'm saying? Started making, my, and it was making myself miserable again because I was comparing myself to other people's life and life experiences. And then, but I could feel the depression really sinking in. And this is why I bring it up is because. Like I like it was really like I it got really dark for me that day. Mm-hmm. And I had to remind myself I am feeling lonely, but I'm never alone. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's literally what I told myself. I said, Javier, you are feeling lonely, but you are not alone because you have, you know, two kids that love you. You have a mom and dad that love you. You have, you know, friends that, that you chose. They invited you over. And you said, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm going to chill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. I didn't want no pity invites. I, that's what I thought it was, you know, because of my ego, my pride and my ego said, made me say, yeah. no, nah, I'm cool. My man like here, um, I can't pronounce this, Helga. Is that Hilga? Hilga? Hilga said uh, the opposite. Negativity breeds loneliness. And I like that. I like that. That's dope. Um, we got another question. And I, I'm hesitant to, to answer this question because this is where it goes off of the road. I just want first of all I want to just uh comment that we've been talking a lot of motivational stuff and for some reason in your background there's a man pointing a gun at your head. I don't I'm not sure why. <laughs> That's a, that, you don't know that movie The Professional? <laughs> I don't know what the symbolism for that is but You ain't never seen anyway. <laughs> You ain't never seen the movie The Professional? It's like I'm going <laughs> Said I'm going on a live stream. You know, it'll be the perfect background. Hand me the picture with the gun, baby. I'm gonna put it back, put it right behind me. (laughs) That's such an odd choice, but okay. Okay, so here's a um, I'm gonna let you answer it first, and then I'm gonna decide whether I can (laughs) whether I should. Um, what about anxiety? Where does anxiety play a role? They say millennials are the most anxious generation. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that um, because, and there's a couple reasons. Now, I thought we were going to, well, you told me I can't cuss. So that like half my jokes, 75% of my jokes is just gone. <laughs> just off of that alone. The other words you can use. <laughs> so I'm like, forget y'all. I'm being serious the whole time. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, so nah, but um there's a lot of truth to that. Um, there's a lot of studies and research that show that and uh, a lot and, and some of the contributing factors to that are number one, uh, going back to comparison. This is no generation um, from millennials and, and younger 
ha- has has more opportunity to compare their lives to other people's lives than any other generation in the history so of the much world. vision so much of the world they have access to so much optics you know social media all these 30 under 30 list and 40 under 40 and 20 under 20 all that stuff, all this non-stop hold on, hold on javi i'm a mama's boy i'm getting a call from my mom i can't not answer hello mama are we not on the phone? Are we not? Is this not live? Let me play back. I'm on. I'm. I'm in the middle of the show. Yeah. I told you it's from eight to nine. All right. I'm gonna call you back. I love you. Right. Uh, I can't not answer my mama call. But um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anxiety. Okay. So all right. So let me tell you. Let me give you one other thing, real okay. quick. So number one is a comparison. Um. You know uh, that that they're forced to endure. The second thing is, and 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 this is real dope, and I learned this from one of my mentors. Um, previous generations of parents minimize risk and uncertainty in the lives of their children, mm-hmm. but parents of millennials and generations coming behind them did was everything they could to eliminate risk and uncertainty for their children to their detriment. And that's why there's higher levels of stress, anxiety, fear of failure, uh, pressure to perform, pressure to be perfect, because they have grown up in a, a culture where their parents have done everything they can to eliminate risk and uncertainty, minimizing it. And when you don't face risk and uncertainty, it you don't develop resiliency skills and problem solving skills. And, and that's where the anxiety and the stress come, uh, comes from. That's why I think I shoot, man. I, you know, that's why I ain't been that scared during this coronavirus period. Cause I used to eat dirt, man. I, I don't even think I could get sick. I don't even know if I could get sick, but right. okay. So here's here's my here's my controversy. My mom was like, "Oh, just put some aloe vera on it." <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my controversial statement about anxiety. Uh, uh, here's where I lose all all my all my followers and people that may like me. Um, uh, views and opinions expressed by the dude uh, does not does oh, not <laughs> uh, stress. And it, stress is a real thing. Stress is the amount of things on your plate and the weight of those things. Um, I am a, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a preface my statement with I'm a little bit ignorant about anxiety because I have not done my research yet. But the definition of anxiety is when worry manifests itself uh, into a physical or cognitive effect. Meaning you can be so fearful or worried that you literally get physically sick or hot or or cry or like you literally, you physically, it has a physical manifestation. You're so worried it has a physical manifestation or a cognitive manifestation. It manifests itself physically. I have a hard time. I'm going to do my research, so please don't hate me, but I have a hard time with that being a real thing, man. Like, like... Who like it, you're gonna, you're worried about something to the point where you're you can't breathe? Like I I would I would just I I would just I would just eat something like I, I like I can like maybe you just want to be fat like be like I don't understand like I'm fat like I when I worry listen my spaghetti I listen I make some bad spaghetti Javier so when I I just make my spaghetti and I eat it I just I can't. I so can't you know connect that it's emotional eating, right? I can't right. It's, it's a problem, but I'm not like I'm not like suffocating in a corner. Like right. the but, 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 anxiety so, is like a real like anxiety is a real problem. Like right. a real like a like a societal problem. And I just I think there's I think there's so many ways that we could handle uh, uh, there's so many ways that we could handle our worries, our disappointments, our caring, our concerns that don't collapse us as people and who we are. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, I mean, you're getting into my wheelhouse. Um, 
And so anxiety is real and physical manifestations of worry and fear um, do, do occur. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I spend a lot of time, especially with young people, teaching them how to manage or cope with their anxiety. Um, and you said the word, um, breathe. When life takes your breath away, you have to take your breath back. So um, I was at a conference in in Jersey. I was speaking at a youth conference in Jersey before COVID hit in back in January. And I taught the young people in my workshop this breathing exercise for anxiety that I do before I go on stage, whether I'm speaking or whether I'm about to do comedy, you know, and your heart and your stomach's in knots. And, you know, sometimes it's, you got a good feeling about what's about to happen on that stage, but you know, sometimes you got a bad feeling about what's about to happen on that stage. I've been in shows where everybody uh, uh, is, is I, I was at a show in New York and every single comic was getting booed off the stage. And it gets to the point where the audience wants you to fail before you step on that stage. And I just knew I was going to kill them. I got up on that stage, like, watch me kill him. And then I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to save the show. Nah, <laughs> three minutes into my into my set that I know is killer material. Boo! They all start booing me. It got so bad, I tried to go gospel on them halfway through the show, try to win them back over. Like, I just want to thank God for this opportunity. I'm like, boo, boo, boo. I'm like, come on, man. What would Jesus do? Right? <laughs> tell them lame jokes. Boo! <laughs> but I just okay. So here's so here's what I'm saying, hobby, man. So so here's what I do to deal with my anxiety. And anytime I have that fear of failure before I get on stage or whatever, and I teach it to young people. It worked for me, and now I teach it to young people. And so I taught them this little exercise. And then a couple, uh, about a week later, I get a DM from a, a young lady who was at the conference. She said, I want to say thank you because I have a, a very close friend with severe anxiety. And yesterday I walked in on her having a panic attack. I noticed that she wouldn't stop scratching her neck, the physical man- manifestation. She wouldn't stop scratching her neck, which I knew would eventually get dangerous. I wasn't sure what to do until I remember the breathing exercise you taught in your workshop. It almost immediately slowed her breathing. And she later told me that the fact that it kept her hands busy was a life changer. Just wanted to thank you for that because you gave me a way to help my friend. And it's literally this simple little breathing exercise called finger tracing uh, where, where, where you just take your hand and, and you trace your fingers like this and slowly. And as you go up your finger, you inhale and, uh, through your nose. And as you go down your finger, you exhale, inhale, exhale. I do it when I'm playing poker. Uh, I do it before I go on stage. You well, know, why I, not just stop thinking about it? Stop worrying about it, especially if you can't. Especially if you can't help it, because if you, you can't. If you're worried about something that you cannot fix, but you can't, your actions cannot do anything about. Why? Why keep thinking because, about it? Because you, you, because you want to your physical body. There's a physical response, so you have to react to the physical experience, right? When you when your breath is taken away, when you have shortness of breath, um, like you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain, so you can't think clearly, so you can't think differently. There's other thing that I do when you when when I'm doing this breathing exercise, I also smile because you know when you smile, the physical act of smiling releases serotonin, and, and, you know, releases endorphins and dopamine from your brain into your body. Those are feel good chemicals. They're designed to make your body feel better. And when you feel better, you're more likely to make better choices. So doing the hand trace thing, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm smiling. I'm releasing those chemicals from my brain into my body. Those are natural um, uh, responses uh, that we can have to stress because it can go from being a mental uh, experience uh, into a physical one. And, and so, so you, tell have, me, so you tell have me. to deal with the physical aspects of stress so that you can um, take care of the mental aspects of it, uh, uh, as well. So tell me, so tell me, explain to me how, cause this is why I'm having a, I'm having a hard connection with this man. Tell me how anxiety is not a choice. Tell how, how explain to me how that's not a choice. I'm going to, I'm going to dwell on this thing. I'm going to dwell on this until I can't breathe. How is that not a choice? 
it might not be. I think the 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 word that you're you're tripping up on is is dwell, as if you spent time allowing something uh, to consume you. Uh, that's what dwell means. You know, you you you're spending time uh, enough time for something stress fear uh, to to consume you, and you're trying to say cut it off, stop it before it starts. And I don't I don't I don't think it works. It doesn't work like that. Um, where you're so for example, you're constantly bombarded with with uh, with images and, and ideas about, you know, perfection and performance. Um, and, and so when you're confronted with those opportunities where you have to be perfect or you have to perform, um, there's, there's a, there's a physical response that, that, that your body has to that. And so that's all I'm saying is you have to deal with the physical aspect and then, uh, get to the mental as well. But there's a certain weight that each thought has on you. There's a certain weight that a thought has or, or a worry. If you got to pay a bill and you don't know where it's going to come from or, or you got a little girl and you can't find a good place to jump off something without hurting yourself severely. Um, uh, there, 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 are many, there are many thoughts that weigh differently. And, and my, my thing is, if I have something that has an extreme weight to it, a thought or a concern that has an extreme weight to it. My number one goal at that point to is, is to try to n- not carry it around with me. So check this out. First of all, besides me and you and like 14 other people in the world, how many people really give this much thought to preventing anxiety how many not too many people give it a lot of thought it's a new subject we haven't talked about this we've always uh you know kept our stuff to ourselves and kept quiet like mental health and these kind of conversations this is all brand new so most people don't have preventative plans for how to manage stress and anxiety and so you know a lot of times we're already in over our heads I used to live in the Cayman Islands in the West Indies. I don't know. You've probably been there, hopefully, on, on one of your <laughs> whatever. Uh, but in Cayman, uh, you know, I'm from Ohio. There was uh, when I was living there, we had a hurricane coming uh, that was coming uh, and was supposed to hit the island. Right. So uh, when it was like still like 500 miles off the coast, um, you know, people are boarding up their houses, buying up generators, buying up food and all this stuff. And then when it's about 500 miles off the coast, it veers and now they can tell it's not going to hit the, the island. And then it downgraded to not only that, it downgraded to a tropical storm. So I'm from Ohio. What do I know about preparing for a hurricane? I did nothing to prepare, bro. Mm. And my house is inland and it's kind of in an elevated area. So I was like, I'll be good. I didn't buy nothing. I didn't plan nothing. I didn't board up my windows. I didn't do nothing. Bro, when I tell you when that storm hit um, and the flood water started coming up and they was crest, the power went out in my house. I didn't have nothing. The water started. My, my porch is like three or four feet off the ground. Right. The water started uh, cresting and, and coming up on my porch and I'm stuck there. Right. Literally, the neighbors came and picked me up on a jet ski. They knew I was there. They rode their jet ski. What to my- neighborhood do you live in where your neighbors got a rescue jet ski? They, they, because it was so close. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I feel like we need to be closer friends. I look out the window and they're pulling up to my house. Got access to rescue jetties. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Ahead, my, my point is the jet ski story. The point is I did nothing to prepare, and so I was ill prepared for the storm. And most people do not prepare for anxiety, and so when the storms hit, they're not ready. Mm-hmm. And it knocks them off their block. Now, I do a lot of preparation for storms now. The breathing exercises, meditation, uh, my gratitude list. I do a lot of preparation for storms so that when the storms do hit, um, I, they don't knock me. You know, they're a knock, but they don't knock me off my block. You know what I'm saying? Because, my again, my life is far from perfect, but I'm trying to respond to it as perfect as possible. What about people who smile just before they kill somebody? <laughs> 
<laughs> who is are you? Who are you people? What does that even mean? <laughs> That's is so it happening right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Captain number one, a whole bunch of times. If we need to call for help, <laughs> hilarious. All right, man, we got to wrap it up. Cannot tell you how much I appreciate you coming and chopping it up with me, man. This was a good conversation, man. Um, I'm I'm really really thankful that you came through. Um, just a little recap, people. Um, happiness is a choice. Happiness is not something that happens to you. It's something that you do on purpose. At any given time, at any given moment of second of day, you have a list of things to be upset about and worry about and a list of things that you could be happy about. You choose which one you concentrate on. So she, she's very interested in, in your mirror book, man. Where can she get that? Yeah, so the website, um, like you do like social media. You want me to give that stuff out? Yeah, do all that, all that, yeah. At How Javier Thinks. How Javier Thinks um, is the ig and 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 twitter and then um the website is from this moment on.org um that's where you can there's a shop set up there and you can buy the the books and the merchandise and all that kind of crazy stuff so yeah from cool, this cool. and that, how hit javier up uh hit javier up on instagram man uh <laughs> hit me up on instagram i want to get my instagram numbers up that's where i do my most kidding around uh at mike paramore jr on ig we got we're gonna get one more question Javier. then we're gonna bounce your brain doesn't function properly in that state that is why you have to ground yourself boot in the fridge example someone without anxiety will see a boot in the fridge and say what the heck are you doing there and move it but someone with anxiety will see a boot in the fridge and think they will have to eat boot for the rest of the week (laughs) someone with anxiety cannot always disconnect that they are not that that they are not their thoughts I don't know what's worse, uh, uh, what's why more crazy, uh, or not crazy, that's not the right word, I don't, uh, uh, that sentence or your attempt to read that sentence. <laughs> well, okay, so each word, <laughs> as a reader, you you kind of go forward now, before you say to put it. Reader in quotations. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a reader. Well, I've never. I've never heard that about myself. I don't as need a reader. So, <laughs> But um, you go forward, and then but I so you go forward before you say it, and I went forward. I'm like that can't be right. So I <laughs> so, but it was right. So I've never really, like I said, I haven't done my research. I've never really uh, thought about it that way. That anxiety is a way of viewing the world. I've never thought of anxiety as a way of viewing the world. So you just kind of open my eyes on that, guys. Uh, this is let's be honest. Um, this show is for y'all. I really appreciate y'all. Um, so. Uh, next week is the next week's um, will be single versus married. We gonna we gonna we gonna have us a little debate show about about being single and 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 being married and, and compare the two and and try to help people on both deciding whether they want to go from one to the other. We're gonna do single versus married next week. Javier, thank you for being honest, my friend. I appreciate you, brother. Y'all have a good day.